Who the bloody hell's that? Come on, H. Oh, Anthony. How are we? I'm really well. How are you? <laughs> Come on in. I will do, thank you. Did that sound staged? Just a little. No, it's fine. fine, yeah. I'm going to embrace the whole lounge pant thing next time. I'm going to put my University of New Hampshire lounge pants on. You should indeed. You're listening to the Corona Diaries, a sometimes random and often irreverent attempt to understand the psyche of singer Steve Hogarth. Hello and welcome to chapter 120 of the Corona Diaries. Bloody hell, that's a lot. I know. No wonder I look like this. And you've already picked up on three voices. Now, you know we do special guests for episodes that end in a zero. Mm. Uh, and it's, we've been really remiss, haven't we? Uh, because one of the special, special, special guests we've, we've not had on yet, but he's here, Steve Rothery. Hello. Hello. We've been building you? up to him, haven't we? <laughs> we have. We have. Yeah, I'm good, thanks. I'm good. Um, yeah, it's been a bit too hot, but other than that, yeah, very good. Oh, perfect. Well, we'll get to you in a minute. Just got a few bits of housekeeping to do before we get started. Um, this will make sense to, to H. Pass the gif. Richard Wiggly H reckons those plums of yours are green gauge. Oh, the plums? Hmm. Oh. He knows nothing. They're, no, right. Okay, they're Victoria. Fine. Are they? Well, I don't know. I've no idea what it is. But they're very right. nice. They are, and it was more to the sweetness before, uh, because of the sweetness. So are green gauge not green then? No. Ah, okay. Well, fair enough then. Maybe they are. Right, okay. I'd have had okay. them down as purple gauge. No. I don't, I don't think that's a thing. No. Oh, no, fair okay. enough. I'll ask RC next time I get a chance. The other thing is Simon Nash. We, we, I don't know why we talked about time travel. But Simon Nash has offered to build you a TARDIS. <laughs> I saw that. I mean, he's built other people, them, by all accounts. Over 50, he's built. <laughs> two, two of them reside with Ozzy Osbourne. A man who's built Ozzy Osbourne's TARDISes is a regular listener to TCD, which I'm not um, allowed to call TCD because Lucy slaps my no, wrist. Lucy, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got to call it The Corona Diaries. But she blames me when you say TCD. I blame you as well. Yeah, okay, fine, fine, fine. <laughs> All right. Um, Steve, um, and for the purposes of today, I will say Stephen H, just so it's, it's easy for everybody to understand. We were just talking, you've never listened to one of these, have you? No, I haven't. I was under the uh, illusion that you had to pay for it. Um, so I just never got round to it. The truth never got round to it or didn't want to pay for it? Well, kind of. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't, yeah, I didn't want to pay for it, so I didn't get round to it. Right, pound for that. Are you yeah. mad? Are you bloody mad? <laughs> it's a fair point. I mean, why would you pay to listen to him? <laughs> no. Well, I have to listen to him all bloody day. <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> he, he'd pay for me to shut up most days. <laughs> uh, so, what have you been up to over the summer then? Because we've you've done a couple of gigs, haven't you? But I've not heard much from you other than that. Uh, yeah, did a, did a couple of solo shows in Cambridge and Manchester, which went really well. Uh, and I've just come back uh, from a, a trip to Berlin, 
where I've been doing, trying to finish a project uh, I've been working on for the last three years with Thorsten from Tangerine Dream. Uh, so we had four days uh, in his studio there, which was good. Uh, yeah, pretty pretty much on the way to having a finished album. Very sort of different to anything else I've ever done. Hmm. And is that the project that you've already released a track or two from, or is that different? This is a different project, yeah. I, right. I did some work with, with Ricardo uh, at the Racket Club, actually, before we did a bit of rehearsing for the for the two solo shows. So, yeah, so those two albums are kind of like moving along together, really. Right. Uh, and I'm supposed to do an album with Steve Hackett at some time, but we've been talking about that for about the last six years. Right, okay. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll have you back on to talk about that then. Okay. Because <laughs> um, we've been told this can't stop, so... Uh, at 250 we'll give you a shout and see if you'd like to come back on um, uh, yeah um, a few bits of housekeeping for you then even though you don't know that there's housekeeping for you right okay because things come up with your name attached to them no. even though you don't know about it but we can we can sign some of this off now so there was a question came up about who's got the best hi-fi in the band and it was agreed <laughs> that it was you even though so I now need to it. ask about your hi-fi I don't really have a hi-fi anymore, ah. truth be told. I've got a studio uh, with some amazing PMC monitors. Right. So, if I, yeah, if I want to really listen to music, I'd go and go in my, my studio, which is in my garage. Um, so, yeah, the rest of the time, just whatever's there. Right, okay. If, so a little Bluetooth thing or whatever you've got hanging Yeah, hanging Bluetooth around. thing, a little Apple uh, HomePod. Um, yeah, decent decent system for the sort of surround sound. But, yeah. Uh, but nothing, nothing hi-fi. I used to have a hi-fi system with a. I still got my, uh, um, what's it called? The very nice uh, record player. Um, Lin. Yeah, exactly. I've got my Lin still gathering dust. Since I moved into this house, actually, thirty-three years ago, so I've still got a few hundred albums piled up, um, and a yeah, quad amp and preamp. Uh, but yeah, just not got round to it. Which was going to be the next question, because obviously the world's gone vinyl mad, and I thought you might have gone with the rest of the globe at that point and gone back into vinyl. No, it's, the thing is, it's a kind of romance to vinyl, um, but anyone that's kind of grown up, you know, putting up with noisy scratch records, yeah, um, why bother? I mean, the thing is, it all depends. It it can enhance your listening pleasure, but what you're listening to isn't necessarily accurate, but it's got a pleasing distortion and, and the way the dynamic range works on, on vinyl compared to CD. Um, but yeah, it's okay. It's, it, it's fun. I mean, the, the thing I miss most about vinyl is just having that huge sleeve to have your yeah. artwork and, and your credits and you know the, the whole kind of experience of, of, of music was different back in day. Back in day. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, fruit in your garden. What fruit have you got growing <laughs> in your garden? Uh, well, we did try growing some strawberries uh, during the first pandemic, which I think there's probably a few of those um, still still growing, but uh, it's nothing you could live off, put it right. that way. <laughs> strawberries is ambitious. <laughs> is it? Yeah, oh. I think strawberries is quite ambitious. Mm. Right. Yeah, and quite okay. high so, maintenance because you you know yeah, you've yeah. got to you you've got to keep the blackbirds off them, and you've got to yeah. keep them off the ground, which is why they're called strawberries, of course. Yeah, yeah. Now we got them in special sort of pots, but uh, yeah, our, our kind of whole good life thing that we tried um, for the <laughs> we, we, I think other stuff we were growing as well, courgettes. 
I think, and something else. But, it, yeah, it didn't really work out so, too well. I, I've not really got green fingers. Right. Okay. I've got an immediate mental image of you wrestling with a goat out the back, you know. <laughs> yeah, no goats. We've got horses in the paddock next to us, but, uh, but no goats. And then finally, do you have a clue and do you have or do you have a Biro book? Do you have any clue what it is or do you have one? A Biro book? A Biro book. It must be a northern thing, this. Well, actually, uh, you are both northern, though. Yeah, we are. Yeah, no, I've got no idea what a Biro book is. Right, okay. That's fine. It's a, it was a little book that you could send off. You used to have to send a postal order. Biro Flower used to produce this book. And you sent right. off a postal and you got it back. And it was full of like all those recipes when we were kids, like melting moments and brandy snaps and Viennese fingers and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, I, I've never seen one of those. Right, I'm going to have to sort you both Biro books out then. Fine. <laughs> Viennese okay. fingers sends me to another place altogether, so we understand. <laughs> your, your role today appears to be the Benny Hill role, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Well, it just no, did. <laughs> so, so on that subject, kind of. So the last time we were talking, we talked about the fact that you have this face H that um, that is 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 the one that is kind of when you want everybody to go away and leave your own. You've got a fuck off face. Oh, the expression you meant. You, yes. Not the actual. Not the face no, no. per se. No, no, no. This right. expression that, yeah. that kind of says, look, I'm a bit bored of you now. I've got something more important to do or just anything more important to do. Will you please go away? Yeah. Can you hear that trickling? No. Oh, but... <laughs> You've got a leak. <laughs> Hang on. I'm just going to go into silence some trickling. I'll be... I'll be... Yeah. You talk to Okay, Steve well, I'll, I'll, I'll carry on talking to Steve a minute. So my question to both of you, particularly to you, Steve. Yeah. After all this time in the band, have you? do you all recognise those moments with each other where it's just like, look, I'm not going anywhere near Ian today. I've, se- I've seen that look before. I'm just going <clears> to <throat> give him a wide berth. Yeah, Ian's probably the only person in the band that you could really say, yeah, if he's kind of got a face like thunder and he looks like he wants to hit someone, that you'd, you, would, you would stay well clear. Right. But it's just yeah, we, Ian, not all the rest yeah, of them. I'd say so. Yeah, the rest of us are pretty chilled most of the time. You know, but the thing is, we're all eccentric. You know, in this band, if if we weren't when we joined, thirty odd years of working together has made it all a bit loopy. So uh, yeah, you you kind of you you yeah you you learn to read the signs, right? Because apparently Pete has a thing about Tupperware. What? Pete has many things. <laughs> Tupperware probably one of them. <laughs> Right, right, okay. H, I was just asking, yeah. uh, but did you solve your trickle, by the way? Well, no, but I've, I've closed the door on it. <laughs> so there's, there's a flood building. <laughs> All will be well. Behind a door. It's in Denmark. It won't bother right. you. No, it's fine, it's fine. I was just asking, in reference to your, in, in your sort of fuck-off face... Um, <laughs> those moments with the band where you just know where to steer clear and i did throw the example of ian there you know is there a moment with ian where you just literally turn around at the door and go back home again i'd say yeah there was a moment all the time before he met lucy really uh and then he seemed to mellow quite considerably and since then it's it's not very often but you know 
yeah, one of the keyboard he's... players in the band occasionally drives him to it, but uh, not, you know, not not nearly think, as often. I think if he's not happy with how he's played, or if he's struggled with his monitors, uh, as sometimes happens, and he comes off stage, you know, it, it does kind of occasionally give the impression he wants to murder someone. How are you as a group when you come off stage? It, will there will there always be somebody who's just like, oh, it just didn't happen tonight. I'm not. I'm. I'm. You know, leave me alone. I'm not. I'm not right. One, two, three. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Thing is, we're all perfectionists, and um, we all want to. Well, most of us want to do our best every night. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and. We give ourselves a hard time if we're not perfect. You know, for me, sometimes I'll come over, I, I'll play like 10,000 notes right and one note wrong, and I'll come off and agonise about that one wrong note. Yeah, uh, or, and I'll point it know. out to him. Yeah, and he'll point it out <laughs> several times. <laughs> That's because I listen to you, so you don't point out my fuck-ups because you're not even listening. <laughs> No, I always listen to you, and you of very, course. very rarely fuck up, of course. depending on your tequila. Yeah, <laughs> let's just leave that there. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know what I mean, though. We, 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 we are perfectionists. I mean, that's one of the reasons we're probably still doing it after all these times, because uh, most of us uh, really care. <laughs> <laughs> Enough of us care to make the difference. Let's leave it there. <laughs> It's four fifths of care in the equation. It's enough. <laughs> uh, I think I could probably get you really into trouble by the end of the afternoon. Well, I'm, not gonna go, I'm not going to go. I'm not. Well, we, I'm not going to delve own, too far. We? You're doing it on your own. You're actually not taking any cajoling whatsoever. Yeah. Um, but I mean, on a serious point, actually, because that is a thing, isn't it? Being together for two, three, four weeks at a time and in a tour bus. I mean, you must have to find space through the course of a tour. Because you would kill each other otherwise, wouldn't you? Well, we do really um, find space, um, I suppose. I mean, you can always go off to your bunk if you're on the tour bus or, you know, just lock yourself in the room, drink coffee like Ian usually does. Um, but I, th- I think, you know, even after all this time, we, we can all get on hmm. most of the time. Uh, Steve. You know, sometimes... <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes there's pressures or annoyances, um, uh, but we 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 kind of I think we've we've learned to be philosophical about them. Right. I like that. I like because it's kind of I suppose a bit more like is it more like colleagues rather than friends? No, it's it's kind of I'd say it's like slightly dysfunctional brothers, really, more than oh. anything else. Um, and you know we are—I'd I say we're still friends, but we do drive each other potty sometimes, or most of the time. But it's, you uh, all came to the band at different points, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, but the reason that we 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 still work together so well is that we can get on well. Yeah. You know, on a good day. Um, so. And when, otherwise, when even when we're not getting on, there's a kind of a. I don't know what you'd call it. I mean. Steve, this Steve might find this funny, but there's a kind of a lack of petulance that we that we. Have. I'm probably the worst on that front, but but even that's where my muddy would have gone. My muddy would have gone on you. <laughs> you know, you do kind of go, okay, okay, this will pass. 
It's a moment. Yeah. You know, nobody needs to punish anyone or, or resign or... And, you know, I'm probably the worst. I'm the one who's probably come closest to going, that's it, I've had it. Uh, but... Yeah, uh, I, th- I think really, I mean, when, when we, well, we always split up doing the writing of uh, Sounds That Can't Be Made when we went to Portugal for that, for that time... Uh, I think since then we we we're all a little bit, I don't know, grateful that we have this, hmm. you know, to be able to get together and create something beautiful um, and enduring. Uh, it's a great gift, and and you can't take that for granted, even if we do occasionally drive each other around the bend. Hmm. You kind of summed it up last week, and you know, you said you've arrived in a place now where. I don't know how you put it. You said you, you know, it, a lot of the stuff that is difficult for people in bands sort of left you now. You haven't got a label to, you know, you haven't got any of those pressures. You haven't got where's the next hit single coming from. You haven't got, oh, God, where have all the fans gone you know, a lot of this stuff that is really difficult for a lot of artists, we've mm. arrived at a point where we can rely on the fans still being there, um, which is one hell of a relief. We can rely on a certain, I don't know if it's an illusion, but we can rely on a certain, on, on this thing rolling along with its own yeah. momentum to a degree. Um, and all we've got to do is is what we do naturally rather than lie awake at night worrying and wearing ourselves out. We, we can just do what we've always done and it seems to roll along. And not a lot of artists have that peace of mind, really. I suppose as a group you've also all worked out that by at those moments where there is a bit of tension by just amongst yourselves letting it go actually this is really sustainable you know as long as we don't as long as we don't fall out or we for whatever reason uh, the rest of it's kind of i don't think we kind of think about it in in those terms really it's just i think we we all understand now how lucky we are yeah to be able to do this for a career for all this length of time to to be able to hopefully make great records still at this stage in our, our career, and how many musicians, how many bands would die to be in a band, you know, never mind to be in a band that's still making great music after all these years, and to have their own studio they can work in. It's, it's, it's a blessing, it really is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and as I've said before, all five members of this band are, are moral human beings who, who generally mean well. I have a sound kind of moral compass about the difference between what is right and isn't and what what's just not right. Mm. And we, you know, that's we shouldn't take that for granted either because, um, you know, you bung, you bung five or ten people together at random, one of them might not really have that moral compass and all caught, you know, and there'll be a lot of, there'll be something, I don't know, rotten in the heart of Denmark. Oh, yeah, one of you could be <laughs> but but you know there's there's there, basically everybody in this band means well even certain members of the band at their most annoying and frustrating and 
everybody means well. Everybody's, everybody's working towards doing their best work and doing the right thing and, and being sort of decent about stuff. And that, that's probably what's kept us together more than anything else. Yeah. Um, we're going to break for some diary, but in about 10 minutes. So we are going to get some diary in today because we haven't managed it for a while. But before we finish, I'm going to, I'm going to set a 14 question test for Steve. <laughs> right. It's like Mr. Uh, and Mrs. Uh, it's a, funny well, it's a little bit like that, funnily enough. <laughs> it's a little bit like that. So, uh, the, a couple of episodes ago, I asked H if he would come up with a single track. Uh, from each one of the albums that he's been involved in, from Seasons End all the way through, uh, not including um, uh, Less Is More and Friends of the Orchestra, so the, the, the sort of original albums, um, technically, to pick one track to build a set list, right? So very simple. You go to Seasons End, you've got one choice off Seasons End, you've got one choice off Holidays, you've got one choice off Brave, and that that builds you an album, uh, builds you a set list, sorry, Right. And right. we did that, and, and, and H had a go, and he got 13 out of 14, because even though it was his choice, he still got one of them wrong. Um, <laughs> which is impossible to get one of them wrong when it's your own choice, but he did get one wrong because he forgot that the other half was on somewhere else. Um, so got he got list, one wrong. And it wasn't on. <laughs> Steve, so, I got the list. He's at, he's at a colossal disadvantage. No, he's only no, got no memory. Got that, no, you know, I've got an advantage. I he'll know them better than you. It, yeah. No. Well, that's a, mm. well, <laughs> all, right. all right. Do you want me to start? You can start. So, so pick a, a track every album to make up the, what you think is the perfect set list, but only one per album. So we'll kick off with Seasons End. What are you going with? Easter. All right. Okay. I'm going to type them in. I'm going to tell you how you did at the end. And not that how you did. Your list might be better. <laughs> in fact, there's a very good chance it will be. <laughs> we're going to tell you if you were right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, holidays Splintering Heart Okay All going well so far Sound of me typing Right Brave Probably the first tricky one The Great Escape Okay I knew you'd say that Is it right that that's Is that one of your favourite solos? Yeah I just think the whole track It it's just Just works so well All the different stages of it The the emotional intensity, the melodies, the yeah, the lyrics, everything is just just like a little jewel of a song, I'd say, mm. for me. I think the way you've put that, I think H you've got two wrong now. Um <laughs> <laughs> AOS. Oh, that's a tricky one. Uh it would be a choice really between the title track and Out of This World. Okay. I'm not gonna let you get away with that. You're gonna have to pick one of them. Uh, out of this world. Out of this world. Okay. Out of this world. Right. Okay. This strange engine. The title track. Yeah, thought you'd say that. To be fair, I'll let you in on one straight away. We, we both said that because I had a go at this as well. I was trying to guess as many as I could uh, of H's. Um, I deliberately threw curves. Yeah, you were throwing so, curves left, right, yeah. and center. Radiation. Uh, um, Born to Run? Ah. Mm. ah. You mean the one with the really lovely bluesy guitar player? <laughs> that you, that, you ve- that you very rarely get a chance to play, that one? <laughs> Quite possibly. Right, okay. You see, that's a really good reason. I like that. Okay. Um, dot com. Hmm. 
I'm amazed you know what song I'm all. I'm really impressed. <laughs> I don't know if I ought to be insulted by that. Because <laughs> no, uh, I have no idea. <laughs> the purpose of the quiz, you've only got to get one off the album, really. Uh, one Fine Day. One Fine Day. Uh, which is on TSE, isn't it? Is it? Do you know? Isn't it second track of TSE? Or third track? Second track of TSE, isn't it? I thought it was on .com as well. Hang on. I'm going to have to look at this. If you need to know, if you need to know them really in back catalogue, don't ask the people on this podcast. Right. Hang on, let's have a look. You're, you're probably all right, and it's me that's probably wrong. Uh, track two of um, This Strange Engine. Oh, God, there you go. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Smug bastard. Smug northern bastard, Anthony. Sure. I've, <laughs> I've been drinking. Would you like to know what's on, .com? I think you should go give on, Steve the options. I believe it starts with uh, a legacy. Oh, yes. Right. Uh, I think we've got Enlightened, Go, Rich, Deserve. I think enlightened. Renlightened. I think we've got... I was actually... I'm pleased you said that because I was starting to doubt what was coming next. Uh, Renlightened. Okay, cool. Um, right, which takes us to uh, Anarachnophobia. Ooh, um, This is the 21st century. This is the 21st century. You mean that song with the really nice guitar <laughs> line that you don't play very often? I don't know what you mean. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> Marbles. Marbles. Uh... Ocean Cloud. Right, okay. I think this git, I think, I think your set might need a break in the middle. Um, <laughs> Happiness is the road by uh, either album. Uh, Trap the Spark. Yep. Okay, so we've got three to go. We've got sounds that can't be made. Uh, Gaza. Um. Actually, I've missed one out. It's all right. I can find one go back. I've missed out somewhere else. I missed out yeah, somewhere the title else. track from the somewhere title else. Track. Okay, so let's put that in there. Yep, somewhere else. And then it was Trap the Spark, wasn't it, off... Uh, Holiday. Yeah, which, no, no, off uh, Happiness, yeah. Yeah. Uh, which leaves us with two to go. Living it, um, so, um, Fear? Uh, New Kings. New Kings. And... Finally, an hour before it starts. That's so difficult to separate the tracks out, but probably Crow and Nightingale. All right. In, that, what's really interesting about that is once you started sort of diverting off, I don't think you ever came back together apart from one track. So Easter, 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 all three of us picked Easter. Um... Splintering Heart, exactly the same. You went with Living With A Big Lie, didn't you, H, for Brave? I did, but I was being a little bit, you know, you know Playful. what I'm like. I mean, I'll always think, oh, what would everybody go for? Well, I'm not going for that. 
you know, so I was being a little bit rebellious on principle. But, and, and also, I guess I was, I was, you know, I, I, being a lyricist, I was, I, I was thinking about the words as well. You know, more than perhaps Steve would, he'd think about the music. I mean, he'd think about the words, but, you know, depends on the mood you're in, doesn't it? Things like this. Oh, yeah, this well, is, this is, degree. we said this last time, it's very much <clears> a point in time. Um, so you went out of this world uh, and you went beautiful, H, didn't you? I did. Yeah. I did, yeah. Again, it was uh, the message more than anything else, I think. You know, and the fact that uh, that Helen had, had written me that really nice message the week before, that sort of did that as well, you know. Everybody went this strange engine. Um, Three Minute Boy was your choice versus Born to Run. But you don't, you don't play Born to Run very often, do you? No. <clears throat> no. No, it's not on, not, not, not on the approved list, I'm afraid. Right, okay. Okay. <laughs> Am I allowed to ask who's di- who's disapproved it, or is that a sensitive? No, it's just we got a lot of slow, so right. uh, it's, slow. it's normally not a case of looking for another slow song in our right. sets. Right. <laughs> That's the thing, yeah. You know, there's always that feeling that if you play a slow set, people will go away unhappy. Whereas if you play a really rocky set, you'll see everybody jumping up and down in front of you. And so they're all, they've all gone home much happier. I don't know that that's true from the comments I see from people. There's a difference between going out, jumping up and down, you know, and going home thinking, I've had a great night jumping up and down, and going home thinking, my God, I've just seen some great art. I've just witnessed something really extraordinary and moving. You know, you don't really jump up and down to Pink Floyd, do you? But you don't go home no. feeling like you haven't, <clears throat> you know, look, feelings short-changed. <laughs> so, yeah, if I would have went to see my favourite band, I'd just want to hear their best songs. I wouldn't care what the tempo was. Mm. That's interesting. Maybe, 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 do, maybe next time we do the weekends, do a specifically slow night. Yeah, that's a good point. We've never done a slow night. Slow night? How slow can you go night? <laughs> We How can, slow can you go? Now? We can go very slow, Steve. <laughs> we can go very me. slow indeed. <laughs> and I imagine most people who go to see Pink Floyd these days literally are only interested in can they push themselves out of the chair at the end of the gig. So, you know, I don't think there's nothing wrong with sitting down. We'll, we'll and go for the under 80, 80 beats per minute set. Yeah. We could, probably, yeah. we could probably put two hours together from that. <laughs> you both landed on Enlightened. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You went quartz, didn't you? You you threw a bit of a a, a quartzy curve ball in. Which album uh, was that then? Uh, Anarachnophobe. Yeah. 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 I thought I've, I've been enjoying that again of late. You know. Hmm. Though I must admit, I do like Twenty First Century, and I do like it live. It's bit, um, yeah, it's it's it, we don't <clears> do it that often. Think for me, it's a it's a fantastic song with maybe just a little bit too waffle, too much waffle at the beginning. Right. If, uh, if we can use that technical term. L- lyrical waffle or, or no, musical No, no, musical waffle. waffle. I mean, the way that we work with uh, Dave Meegan, um, you know, we'd, we'd play the song, but every time we did it, we'd, we'd jam around like an intro uh, and 
I think Dave eventually fell in love with the with, with the jamming sections of it, and and that kind of became part of the structure, which is which is valid to a point. But I think if you if you if you stripped some of that away, there's there's a really fantastic song uh, in mm. the middle of it. I've always really loved the way the guitar line there when they, when you first hear that refrain that there's nothing behind it to hold it onto to hook it to, and then by the end it's yeah the entire arrangements hooked behind it, and it makes the first time you hear it you kind of think. It's a random guitar line. It doesn't sound like it's kind of attached to anything. Uh, yeah, what can I say? Uh, <laughs> pure genius. We'll go with that. Uh, Ocean Cloud. Ocean Cloud versus Fantastic Place. Both great songs. Mm. Um, yeah, I suppose I'm, I'm drawn to the, to the more sort of cinematic, long sort of themed uh, tracks, really. Uh, but yeah, they are both great songs, so. Um, so, uh, somewhere you went somewhere else. Uh, H went voice from the past. Um, you went track the spark. H went older than me. Quite interesting, actually, that the three tracks we, that picked because I picked especially true, and I don't know if anybody would have picked any of those three really. I suppose track the sparks probably the most obvious one really. Um, uh, sounds that can't be made versus Gaza. I, I can see that. Um, you know. Um, and then uh, you went Living in Fear, H, and you went New Kings. And interestingly, H went Care and you went Crow and the Nightingale. Mm. That, yeah, was probably, it would have been... that was probably tight, though. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Those are the two, really, for me. I like that. I like the fact that we've got a different take on it. Thank you very much, Steve, for that. Uh, we'll we'll nip off for a bit of diary. What we do at this, halfway through the episode, um, H reads a section of diary. And then we have a regroup after that. And uh, he doesn't do it live. He's not going to do it now. Uh, okay. We'll be here all afternoon. Um, <laughs> but uh, And then, and then we'll, we, we come back and wrap up after that. But one quick question before we do go. I remember talking to you around about the time when Fear came out and you being absolutely buzzing about Fear and that you really thought it was up there with the best things you've, you, you'd ever done. And it had really great reviews at that point in time. Um, it was backstage at one of the, the, the first Fear shows. Where does an hour before it's dark sit with fear now for you? Uh, I think it's it's right up there. It's a very different kind of album, but in terms of how well it works, how powerful it is, um, the relevance of it, both lyrically and musically, I th I think it's yeah. In fact, the last three albums I think have, have hit a, a high point in our in our career personally, hmm. uh, and yeah, we're just going to try and follow it. That's the next thing. Well, we'll go to diary. Um, we're, we're, we're jumping into 2005 for the first... Uh, well, I think we've had one or two entries, but we're into 2005, and you're going to be going to San Diego, I believe. Well, there's a couple of bits. There, there's a little bit of... Uh, there's a, a bit of New York, actually, first. There's the Bowery uh -huh. Ballroom. Uh, right. My, my memories of that. And then there's just a tiny little moment from um, a Lost Trios show in a little theatre in in Montreal. And then there is the then 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 there is a. I think they were both sort of remembered rather than written at the time. And then the third day is the the trip to San Diego. Um, again, that was Lost Trios, I think. Um, is that the hotel next to the racetrack? 
the hotel next to the racetrack, yes. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> when yes. When I had to move rooms. <laughs> <laughs> but I haven't got, I haven't got to that point in the in the uh, in the diary. This this was just uh, traveling there to LA, right. driving down to Del Mar, and then having a last beer in the bar with a woman who used to go out with Clark Gable, like you do. As you do, yeah. Right. I'll uh, I'll let you exit stage left and get your smoking jacket. <laughs> Thank you. I'm terribly, terribly ready. <laughs> Sunday, 12th of June. New York City. Bowery Ballroom. Unfortunately, I didn't write this one up. I remember it being a good night, though. A lost trios romp in front of a good-sized and up-for-it crowd. My voice was rested, and I thought I sang well. The evening was notable for Rufus Wainwright showing up with his entire band. I chatted with drummer Matt Johnson for a while, notable for having played and co-written Dream Brother with Jeff Buckley on the classic Grace album with the lovely Jason Hart, who plays keyboards, and with Joan Wasser, who plays viola and sings backup with Rufus. She later toured on her own under the name Joan as Policewoman. Great that they all came. The following day, a text came in from Rufus saying, I'm jealous of your range, which was all it said. Friday, 17th of June, Montreal, La Tulipe. Walked out onto the stage at La Tulip Theatre, Montreal, and the 700 capacity crowd went completely wild as one. I was alone, and for once, I could be certain it was for me. A massive wave of noise rolled over me as I looked out into a crowd of open-mouthed, grinning faces. All seemed to say, you're here, it's amazing, we have waited for you, you mean so very much to us. All you have to do is sing. I stood away from the piano centre stage, raised my arms and let it wash over me. I never felt anything like it in my life. As my head rolled back and my eyes closed, the audience responded and the cheering moved up to a new pitch of outright screaming. It wasn't hysteria though, it was raw affection. I'm finding it hard to write it down because words don't do it justice. In that three-minute outpouring of pure joy, I felt that every hardship and petty frustration I've endured over the years of making music was worthwhile, indeed of no significance whatsoever. Thank you, Montreal. You have eclipsed Le Zenith on the season's end tour. Wow. What is it with the French? When they fall in love, they fall deep. One day, I'll write this city a song. Saturday, 3rd of September. Home, San Diego. Woke up at 7 and went downstairs to finish packing and to finish fiddling with Niall's iPod in the hope of leaving him with a working one while I'm away. Showered and drank coffee. By 8.45, there was still no sign of a car, so I called Rich so he could check it was all okay. Sue got up along with Niall to say bye-bye. 
I managed to burn a slice of toast and set the smoke alarm off in the house before departing with a spare set of house keys having lost my own. My driving licence continues to elude me, but at least I found my passport, which was tucked safely in my back pocket. To my relief, the car showed up at 8.50 and we left on time at 9 for Heathrow, arriving at 10am. Check-in was straightforward, although there was some commotion regarding Steve's pedalboard, which couldn't be checked through without him, and he'd already gone through to departures. We had to go and find him, and he had to come back out. Easier said than done. I had a spot of breakfast before walking the 40 miles to gate 46, where we boarded the 747 without incident. My usual aisle reservation had gone unreserved, and so I settled down grumpily into a middle seat between Rich and Colin. Sometimes I think I ought to pull rank a bit more than I do. Takeoff was accompanied by a massive bang from beneath us, followed by intense juddering of the entire fuselage. They don't usually do that. I must own up to some moderate fear despite my many flights. The flight was long at ten and a half hours, but I spent most of it working on a new H song, Oil, and the hours seemed to pass pretty quickly. The BA crew kept me supplied with regular refills of London Pride. They'd have all gone to jail for that in America, but sleep wasn't really an option. Next to Steve R across the aisle, there was a baby going off like it had been placed on a spike for the duration of the flight. Colic, I thought. The first four years are the worst. I had to feel sorry for him. He was wearing his noise-cancelling headphones. Rothers is a gear junkie. But I don't think they were quite up to cancelling a baby on a spike. At last we landed at LAX with roughly the same grace as we took off. The pilot threw the aeroplane in the approximate direction of the runway, which we hit hard and somewhat sideways. Maybe it was on an exchange scheme from Gate to Gourmet. Immigration at LA was refreshingly quick compared to the one-hour queue I'm used to at New York and some of my previous LA arrivals, but we made up for it by having to wait ages for the bags. After that, we breezed through customs and out into the street. I'm in LA again. Love or hate this place, you can't argue with the sunshine and the palm trees. We took the courtesy bus to Alamo Car Rentals and I sat on all the equipment for half an hour in the late afternoon sunshine while the boys rented cars. I was surprised to find the temperature lower than in England. Who'd have thought? After much faffing, cars were hired and off we went, a little hesitant at first, towards the freeway down to San Diego. Rothers and Pete fiddled with the radio trying to tune it into Steve's iPod. We got it going in the end and drove to the accompaniment of Jeff Buckley and Steely Dan's Babylon Sisters. Drive western sunset to the sea. Well, you must. All went smoothly until we hit a one-hour traffic jam for an accident which, as we passed, seemed to involve three or four badly beaten up cars. How does anyone have a traffic accident here? Four lanes of cars all travelling on a perfectly straight road at exactly the same 65 miles an hour speed. You can only really crash by falling asleep. I was reminded of a story my good friend David Smith told me of the American who bought a Winnebago and was told by the salesman that it was, quote, fully automatic, unquote. 
he drove to the freeway, engaged the cruise control and crashed horribly after he went up the back to make a cup of tea. After what seemed like a year, we cleared the accident and eventually rolled into the Hilton Hotel at Del Mar near San Diego around 7.30pm, i.e. 20 hours since I got out of bed. Luxury, of course, compared to the Cat Stevens Mexico City journey from hell last year. I checked into my room, 107, very spacious, and joined Rich and Roderick for sodas on the terrace. Got chatting to an old dear called Violet Parkhurst, who said she was a painter. She said she specialised in seascapes and had sold paintings to Margaret Thatcher and Ronald Reagan. She invited me to check out her website and I said I would. I had a look the following morning and discovered she used to go out with Clark Gable. Jeez, it's amazing who you bump into in California. I sat with the boys next to an open gas fire, a kind of high-tech posh equivalent of a campfire on the terrace by the hotel lobby. I was once again reminded of the beans scene from Blazing Saddles, but I didn't mention it. I was in mixed company. Downed a couple of beers and a Patron tequila and called it a night. A definitive hard day's night. And we're back! Back in the room. And back in the room, yeah. uh, I forget that having not listened, you're not used to our little foibles, because there are all these little things that run through that make sense if you listen, but make no sense at all if you don't. (laughs) I'm used Um, to that. (laughs) um, The first question actually comes out to you, because I've prepared questions from the San Diego reading, So, which comes out to you, Steve. Um, Do you remember having to go back to security to sort out an issue with your pedal board? Security at the airport. In Heathrow, yeah. Oh, trying to remember what my pedal board was. Uh, yeah, uh, no. No, excellent, excellent. Yeah, I think it's you'd good gone that you've let go of security that. and you'd gone, and then they wanted. They said, "Oh, we can't check this pedal board in without the owner of the pedal board." Where's Mister Rotherham? He said, "Well, he's already in the Lincoln, wherever." Yeah. Right. He's gone yeah. through. And we had to get you out. Right. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah, no. It I was don't know fun how though. they did that. It was fun, that tour. I really enjoyed that. That's some, some, some great shows. Mm. In fact, we should, do do, get... we should do it again. What, do another little yeah. Los Trios? Definitely. Tiddle oh. ourselves around America. All the fun, none of the pain. <laughs> I think it's a great idea. I think there's. I also think there's a separate podcast series in somebody coming along and and, and helping out and capturing that particular tour. <laughs> so feel free to book me in. Okay. Uh, I think we'll have a whale of a time. Um, on a serious note, do you ever have many problems getting equipment through? And do you carry guitars on the plane with you? Uh, you used to be able to take the guitars on the plane. Uh, British Airways stopped that about six or seven years ago, uh, which is a complete pain. Um, other than that, it's not really been a been a problem. That the, the some certain airlines will will charge you extra. I think flying to Portugal, they they charge you for checking a guitar in like an extra exorbitant sum of money just because it's a guitar. But generally, um, 
Providing it's under the 32 kilo weight limit, it, yeah. it's normally okay. And is there anything that you won't take on the road simply because you can't take it with you on the plane? Have you, through the, you know? Well, all the guitars are normally in a triple guitar case, what we call the right. coffin. So um, it's unlikely to go missing, but, right. but you never know. I mean, these days I've started using... Uh, air tags in my guitar case and my, my check bags just in case and when I went to Berlin the other day uh, my suitcase turned up and my guitar didn't uh, and I was waiting at the airport after you know at the by the baggage thing for, and the outside baggage for two and a half hours before it and I, I'd pretty much given up on it I thought this is great mm. come to Berlin to record and not have a guitar but it eventually turned up uh, but I think with with the travel chaos now at airports, you you do have to be sort of wary of that. I mean, that happened with Pete with Transatlantic, where his his suitcase and all his equipment didn't turn up. It was still at Heathrow when he he was in Transylvania or somewhere. <laughs> I can't believe a coffin wouldn't turn up in Transylvania. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Who do you write to? <laughs> But there's nothing so precious to you in terms of your guitars that you wouldn't that you'd go that I'm just not risking that. That stays here. Not really, because um, nothing's vintage, is it? In that respect. No, there's, you... there's there's two guitars that are ex incredibly special to me. My my main blade Strat, and my uh, Squire Strat that's had all the work done that I I've been using since sort of '86. Those two, really, uh, anything else could, could be replaced. Uh, what I've, about the Steinberg Boggle Neck? You'd have a job replacing that, wouldn't you? No, you wouldn't be able to replace that because it's a, it's a one-off. Uh, so, yeah, you, I'd be stuffed without that. That's very true. Uh, that's probably the most valuable guitar I own. It's probably worth about 30 grand because it was wow. a, only one made with three single-court pickups. Uh, so, but we don't fly with that that often I suppose it's normally shipped if you do like things like the Montreal weekend everything is shipped together in a container so there's little chance of it going missing but yeah I would be wary about taking that on a plane cool um Ace last question for you um and you've touched on it already this artist that you bumped into on the terrace mm. Violet Parkhurst I believe Violet Parkhurst yeah old, old lady really Quite You've well done spoke. it again, haven't you? You've had a knack of just bumping into somebody. Yeah, another Forrest Gump moment. Another Forrest Gump she moment. She said she'd um, she'd painted for she'd sold paintings to Margaret Thatcher and Ronald Reagan. Um, oh no, I said, oh really? And we just said there weren't many people in that bar, and she just happened to be there, and we had a lovely chat and. She said, oh, it's my card. Said, I've got a website, you know. And so I, I had a look the next day and Violet Parker's blah, blah, blah. You, you know, you used, used, used to go out with Clark Gable in the, when would that be, the 30s, 40s? So when she was young, she dated Clark Gable. Incredible. You don't imagine you'll meet anyone who no. fits into that. no. Category, yeah. you don't meet them in Aylesbury anyway. Very oh. true. You know, but you never know. You never know who's going past your window, as I pointed out last week. Could be Ronnie and Mick. Could be Ronnie and Mick. <laughs> Steve. Yeah. Is, does this happen to all of you? 
do you all meet these people or is it just H that has a knack for it? I think he's probably got a knack for it. I think he's very uh, sociable and outgoing. Uh, I tend to be quite a lot more reserved. I wouldn't necessarily choose to uh, chat to the person next to me on the the plane, uh, for example. Uh, But yeah, I just different personalities just right how you experience life maybe is, is slightly different right you just like fly paper aren't you uh, <laughs> not you oh right no not you no not you at all um yeah sticky character it's better than being a slippery character or is it who can say okay and i won't ask if there's a slippery character in the band a slippery, there isn't really a slippery character. Mm. Pro- that's probably me, really. But but not really, is there? There's no, there's, no. Again, it's all we're all pretty sane and normal in terms of our personalities. But we're solid, you know. I mean, but <laughs> yeah, there's no no one dodgy, no dodgy no. geezers. No, I think. I think it's a perfect place to leave it. After 120 episodes, we've realised there's nobody dodgy. Yeah, Marillion. that's why we're still doing it. That's why you're still doing it. Steve, thank you very much. Thank, yeah, you, thank you, Steve. Really I, appreciate you coming on on your holidays and everything. Oh, it's yeah. fine. All right. And obviously, we're with promising to catch up over all 120 episodes. So when you've, when you've got through them all, just give us a shout and let, let us know what you thought. Will do. Do you want, do you want, a, list, hours. Do you want a list of corrections? Well, if you could catalogue them for us, that'd be great. Oh, yeah, the corrections I'll absolutely have. In fact, listen, if you can listen to one and send me the corrections, that'd be great. <laughs> oh, dear. That'd be perfect. Do you know well, what happened you to me, Steve? I was, I was flying, now we're off air. Yeah. Fl- flew home. Oh, have we, have we finished? Yeah, yeah, we're finished. Yeah, yeah. Oh, should we say goodbye then? Oh, all right then. All right. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Cheers, bye. Cheers, bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> so as I was saying.
Vincent, thanks Martin Dixie, John Parfum Murphy, yeah, Thanks for listening to the Corona Diaries. It featured Steve Hogarth with the insights and me, Ant Short, with the questions. If you enjoyed the podcast, please consider subscribing and maybe leaving a review as this will help others find it. You could even share with other like-minded souls, should the mood take you. This has been an A Short Stories production.